It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Hey there, welcome back This is the Lockdown Celtics Podcast And we are joining you from the depths of the Boston Garden As they tear it down behind us Good, tear it down After the Celtics lost to the Los Angeles Lakers 129-128 and of, of all things, a Rajon Rondo buzzer beater, which kind of felt appropriate, actually, the way this day went. We're the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales of MassLive.com, joined by Samuel Jamison Packard III. Jam. Also known as Ladies Love Cool Jam. Jam! Like the bipolar thing you're going yeah, on. Yeah, well, I, uh, I was initially sad about the result of the game, but I realized it's just one of 82 and needed to... Uh, bounce back that's it get the people something to uh, be happy about uh so the the lakers i i just never thought they were going to win this game and and there they did they stole it at the end so you get the final play it looked like the celtics got to stop they they uh, blocked the al horford i'm pretty sure blocked brandon ingram and that's not who you wanted the lakers wanted the ball to go to and with what six seconds left no they got to stop it but just boom rajon rondo around 20 yeah. feet there it is. Rondo just gets the ball. It's one of those weird things, but Brad Stevens said after the game that the basketball gods rewarded the right team. And I think the reason why is because they just didn't look good for most of the night, and they looked terrible defensively. And the reason why I said it was appropriate for Rondo to hit that game winner was two things. First, KG was in the house, and he was wearing an old-school Celtics Rondo jersey. So that, I think, KG was probably hoping for the Celtics to win. But It's tough to work against that mojo. That's Yeah, that's when, when KG's in the house. First of all, when KG's in the house, it's just... It's cool. That's crazy. But for that to, to be uh, wearing the old-school Rondo jersey, I mean, that's just kind of funny. So you kind of had that thing going on. But secondly, the Celtics just gave up a ton of second-chance points. Uh, and I don't have that statistic. 18 second chance points. There it is. 50 points in the paint, and they gave up 22 three pointers. So that's 66. That's basically all of the, the Lakers' points right there either came from threes, 66 points, or points in the paint, 50. And so in the first half, when the Lakers weren't knocking down as many threes, it was basically a, a layup factory. I mean, the Celtics were doing a good job. Neither team played great defense tonight. Uh, no. the But. Uh, then you see in the third quarter, the the Lakers hit, what, it felt like eight threes in a row, and it's just, they scored 45 points in that quarter, and part of it was Celtics' bad defense, but part of it was just the Lakers just knocking down ridiculous shots. But this is how it goes. That early on, they were giving up everything in the paint, and Tatum, after the game, said that 
it, it was miscommunications and guys weren't really playing as hard as they should. And I, I think the team just kind of back to Brad Stevens' point that the basketball guards gods rewarded the right team is because one team played hard and the other team just kind of played like ah it's the Lakers they're coming in off a forty two point loss and you know we got them and early on in the game they gave up all of those points in the paint like that first quarter was nothing but layup after layup after layup for the Lakers and and on times where they got offensive rebounds and should have put it back the the Celtics were able to force some turnovers or the Lakers just missed like this this might not have even needed a, a Rondo buzzer beater if they were a better team and hit as often as they should have when they got some of those opportunities earlier so I think what happens is you give a team that many opportunities to see the ball go in and get easy shots. Yeah, they started off cold from three, but that's getting those easy shots is a very easy way to keep your confidence high, and then you start hitting those shots, and then forget it. That That's when the cascade happens. So them getting hot from three was not surprising at all because they just gotten so many opportunities at the rim to see the ball go in and score easily and stay close when the Celtics were were had put together runs that should have put them away. Celtics scored 36 points in the second quarter. That should have been it. That should have been it right there. But they gave up 33 to the Lakers, and the Lakers stayed in it. And then next thing you know, they come out and drop a 42-point third quarter on a million threes in a row. And that, that I think, was the, everything that led up to those, the, those threes falling uh, is why those threes started falling. And yeah, and even with that horrendous third quarter, uh, I think the bench really played well and kind of got the Celtics back into the game. Um, and I was actually surprised to see Brad go back to um, the starters after it felt like Tice, 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 <laughs> hot slice of Tice was fantastic tonight. He's basically the only reason they scored or were still in the game in the third quarter. I think he scored 11 points in the uh, third quarter. Um, and I thought Jalen Brown had a really good game. Terry Rozier had a, a very good game, especially uh, a lot of points to start the fourth quarter. I thought Tatum played well with that group. Um, but Brad Stevens went back with the the starters there, Kyrie, Horford. Um, and the Celtics were up six with a minute and a half to go. Yeah. Um, but then it comes down, KCP hits a kind of what was a very awkward three in the corner. It looked like he hesitated a bit, knocked it down. Kyrie comes down, throws a bad pass. Then there was a real wacky play where LeBron looked like he was falling out of bounds, threw it behind his back, like a behind-the-back bounce pass that just kind of bounced to no one, and LeBron, having the presence of mind to just, like, immediately got to the corner and knocked down a three. I mean, it's just, they had a chance, but then they just, like, these kind of, these fluke play. I don't even want to, like, call them fluke plays because there was, bad, like, in terms of 50-50 balls, it felt like the Lakers got uh, them the entire night. Yeah. And so, if you're not playing your hardest, if you're not... Uh, uh, kind of hustling and not like playing great defense. The, you're not going to win the 50-50 balls, and the fluke plays are going to go the way of the other team. And so, um, those two big threes happened. And then uh, I think the the actually the biggest shot of the game was Kyle Kuzma's three to put them up one. That was just great offense from the the Lakers, and the the, the Celtics couldn't play defense for a full possession. That was a wide open shot for Kyle Kuzma, who hit what five threes tonight. He's clearly a, a decent three point shooter. I mean. I'm not going to say he's better than Jason Tatum, or uh, <laughs> as some might uh, say, but uh, clearly they, they, he was uh, he's skilled from deep, and if you give him a wide-open shot, that's what forces the Celtics to be 
uh, 18 seconds left to not really hold for the last shot. Because when you're down one, you don't want to just hold for the last shot. You want to like create some opportunities in case you miss, and that gives the the Lakers an opportunity after Kyrie makes it to come back and uh, win this game. It, it, it just boils down to, like you said, the the 50-50 balls, the hustle, hard work. And if you're not going to put in that hard work, you kind of deserve what you get. And the fact that they had they they let the Lakers come back from once they went up six, I, I said, okay, this is probably over. Um, and the Celtics said that too, clearly, because they just kind of stopped playing. And when you do that, crazy things happen because Kuzma is still a talented guy. He's I don't know if he's five of eight from three talented, but there it is. Uh, LeBron five of ten from three. Uh, Rondo three of four from three. That was the wildest part. <laughs> yeah. Or KCP five of nine from three. Lance Stevenson three of five from that three. That might have been the wildest part. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of lot of crazy numbers here. Twenty two of forty one. They shot fifty three point seven percent from three. The Lakers did. That's a stupid number. I mean, that's just a stupid number. And you could look at this and easily say, well, you could play them a hundred times and they'll never shoot. This might be the only time they shoot fifty four percent from three. But like I said, you let them you let them get too many shots at the rim, and uh, and then you stop then playing steps, defense. Then you're a step slow when you're trying to contest on threes, and then they start you, feeling they it. They start feeling it, and then and then that's it. And then at the end, you you do enough to block the shot. And then it just gets too frantic, overreacting or whatever it is. You just you're just not in the right position to make the final play. And I think if there's any kind of nutshell here, it's it's that in the in that play, it's that they just weren't in position and they got burned by a ridiculous shot. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I mean, they were in position. They got the initial block. I think it's just more of a, a fluke of. I guess for the offensive rebound. I haven't actually gone back and watched the replay, so I don't know if someone is like wildly helping out on uh try and figure it out, but um things happen. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The Celtics locker room after the game I actually Didn't was seem very No, they were downright joyful. And it was <laughs> like I was completely fine with it because it's one game control we can control. They're gonna watch the film. They're I imagine they're gonna come out with a better effort against the Clippers, but it was actually a much cheerier locker room after today's game, and maybe it's got to do with the, the trade deadline than it has been after like a lot of the recent wins. Yeah, we'll talk about that trade deadline in a few minutes. We're going to take a break and, and talk about what we're looking at here with the Celtics uh, with, with, with regard to some of the other guys like Kyrie Irving uh, and, other, and other players here, key players in this game. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back here on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, 
It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Let the bass kick. Kyrie Irving led the Celtics with 24 points, surprisingly because he was super, super cold tonight. Shot 6 of 21, and he came back. I mean, he's Kyrie, so no matter how cold he was in the fourth quarter when they needed him, he was going to step in and, and do what he needed to do. Uh, he scored, uh, well, he, I think he was 3 of 3 in the fourth quarter, and he scored most of his points in the second half. Uh, he scored 16 of his 24 points in the second half, and that's, that's what you expect your star player to do. But he was just cold, and he was off, and he said after the game that they threw length at him, and Brandon Ingram was guarding him, and he was like, i, I got to admit, like that, that was a little different for me. And it kind of threw me off a little bit. So uh, he he was bothered by the Lakers' length. I think the one downside to that and him kind of saying that is, all right, well, now another team knows, like, well, if, if we have length, let's try to see if we can throw a longer guy at, at Kyrie and, and see if that can, can throw him off. Because you can, if you can throw Kyrie off, then, I mean, obviously the Celtics are deep and they got, like you said, great production off the bench. I mean, they really scored – a ton off the bench, but on nights where you can keep Kyrie to six of 21 shooting, you have a good chance to win. Yeah, he was not great tonight, especially early. Um, it felt like he was getting he, his shot was blocked uh, more often than I've ever actually seen it, um, and clearly that has to do with the length, but then there was also just like some floaters in the lane that you're used to seeing him hit, some mid-range shots you're used to seeing him hit. There was this one putback where you just did, like it was pretty much point blank and he didn't hit it. Um, he clearly was quite good down the down the stretch there, and I think he made up like most of it by getting to the line. He was ten of ten uh, from the free throw line. Celtics actually were perfect twenty for twenty, and that's really the only reason that they were um, basically still in this game. The Lakers shot, had more field goals, more threes, shot a better percentage, but they were only seven of eight. They were seven of eighteen from the free throw line, and the um, Celtics 20 of 20. A, a lot of the statistics are pretty much even uh, in terms of rebounds, uh, assists, turnovers. Um, but I thought Kyrie Irving, I was I was surprised to see him. He definitely felt like he was trying to shoot himself out of a slump. Um, but he still was able to come down and knock down a huge FU3 uh, to counter LeBron <laughs> in the fourth quarter. And then he was huge down the stretch. He had the big layup. He had basically two go-ahead layups. He still uh, was quite good, but early on, you're just not used to seeing him struggle like that. No. Uh, but he's very lucky that, uh, and the Celtics are quite lucky that, that they have other guys. I mean, I thought I thought Jalen was fantastic tonight, 7 of 10 from the field, um, just playing good basketball, homicidal dunks left and right. Mm-hmm. I thought Tatum was great. Um, 
especially on the boards, but also I thought Tatum did a damn good job passing the ball um, and nice knowing the passes. right knowing the right time when to like when he found a uh, Rondo on him, knowing when to attack, um, going right through Ingram, um, and then Terry Rozier. I'll mention it again. Uh, he finished with 19 points, five of seven from deep. He was he was fantastic there to start the third quarter. I mean to start the fourth quarter. But I got to get back to my mainest man. <laughs> The German, <laughs> Tice, two of two from deep, yep. nine of eleven from the field, Dunk three offensive rebounds, was cleaning up the glass. Twenty points. He was just fantastic. He would like they, they really didn't know how to deal with him. They put he basically put Tyson Chandler off the floor because they just couldn't deal with his um, him stretching the floor. I thought he was amazing tonight. I mean, if the, if Rondo doesn't make that shot, Tice is the story of the night. And I feel like uh, it was funny after the game, Kyrie Irving got asked about Daniel Tice, and uh, that's where he brought up the length of Brandon Ingram really bothering him. He just kind of was like, yeah, I thought Tice was good for tonight, and then just went into talking yeah, about his own stuff. about something else. But, yeah, I mean, Mook uh, did not have a great game. He did have had that big three, but he was one for five. I didn't. Uh, Marcus Smart missed a lot. Uh, was two for nine from three, so... Yeah. I know it's like it's just the, a day, <laughs> the day after I try to convince J King that, or a couple days after I try to convince J King, like Marcus Smart shooting is for real. Like just let's just get to that. It's for real. He shoots two of nine from three. He but misses a giant three and gets a rebound and then misses another wide open yeah, three. Yeah, it was not his best shooting night. Um, but that's. I don't know. I, I'm just going to chalk that up to more aberration right now because it has been an aberration this season. So Daniel Tice is the second time he's scored 20 points uh, in his career. Uh, his career high is 22. So uh, Jason Tatum finished with 22. It's the 19th time this season he scored at least 20 points, and it's the second straight game. His 19 games of 20-plus points or third most by a Celtics player under 21 in a single season. And uh, it's his th- he had 22 and 10. You mentioned his rebounding. It's his third double-double with 20 or more points this season. So, uh, oh, and Terry Rozier's five three-point field goals match his season high. So there's some notable things from the Celtics uh, PR staff there. Um, I don't know. That, this is just one of those... It's just one of those bullshit losses. It's, I mean, this it really is, is. The NBA season. I feel like there's uh, there's ten bullshit losses and ten bullshit wins, yep. and then the rest is like kind of what the team actually is. But sometimes you come out on top of them, and some like Rondo could have easily missed that shot. The ball could have bounced uh, out of bounds after the block. There's a lot of different things, um, but. I mean, the Celtics clearly have to do a better job on the defensive end and kind of refocus. I think that it's going to be – they really can't overlook the Clippers before uh, going to play Philadelphia next week and before yeah. the All-Star break. But I think the All-Star break will be a good for everyone just to kind of rest a little bit, get the week off, refocus, uh, get some energy back and kind of like go down the stretch run where now now it's a ball game in the East because everyone's making moves. Yes, and we're going to talk about that. I like the way you set up that segue. We're going to talk about that after the break. Trade deadline has come and gone. The East has gotten better. And the Celtics, well, they won too in a way. We'll talk about it after the break here on the Locked On Celtics podcast.
Anthony Davis, still a Pelican, which means the Boston Celtics are now in the mix. They can make their offer and they can be in play for the services of Mr. Anthony Davis. Now the question becomes, uh, well, I guess the question becomes, these guys, can these guys stay together and get through the rest of the season without thinking about, is this my last time as a Celtic? And in, in the locker room, they, they did seem to be relieved to know that they're going through the rest of the season. This is going to be their squad. Yeah, no, they, we mentioned the, the Jovial locker room, and there's all these questions about the teams. Because every other their, every other challenger in the East made a move to improve their team for this season. Every other team is going for it. We talked about Tobias Harris last night. Uh, the Bucks today added Miritich, um, and the Toronto Raptors added Marc Gasol. Um, so it's clearly going to be a battle in the East, uh, but I think if you look at the day, the Celtics won because they're still in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes, and they were able to open up a roster spot for uh, That's right. basically paying the Hawks to waive Jabari Bird for them, uh, bribing them. Yeah. And so now they, it enters the the illustrious illustrious is not the word I was going to look for the mysterious buyout market <laughs> where who knows what players could be available. Yeah, it's um, going to be really interesting to see who. There's a lot of talk about they're not actually going to use this player because they just want to sign someone to a two-year deal to use the mid-level exception so they can tr- match salaries with Anthony Davis trade next year. That's all the um, the nuance there, but I think it like they could add a player, but really I don't know where they're going to get the minutes. I mean, we saw them play nine guys tonight, and that's with Baines on the bench. So you imagine if a fully healthy team, that do they have a role for like a legitimate yeah. guy the, so there are a lot of different theories going on out there i mean do you get a useful player and there will be useful players available do you get one of those guys and see if he can help and pay him your taxpayer mid-level somewhere around five i think it was 5.3 million um and you structure the deal so it can match salaries and it's non-guaranteed so he's waivable um or do you find a guy who is going to be happy to not get the minutes? You sign him and you say, okay, Sam Packard, we want to sign you. Yeah. Sit at the end of the bench and you, we're, we're, you're going to get paid you know, the prorated $5.3 million. I am available. You don't have to wait till the buyout market. Yeah. I would sign today. I, I think if they're going to do a situation like that, they should. But I don't know. I don't know if the Pelicans would want me in sort of Anthony Davis. Ever since what happened well, in 93 in New Orleans, <laughs> my reputation in that town. <laughs> <laughs> but if they get somebody that's just kind of okay with end of the bench minutes, you get like a two-way type of guy and you pay him that money and you have him sit at the end of the bench. I don't know if that's the way to go. I think that would get some resentment. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, they they got to figure out the best course of action for the team. That's a possible thing to do. You get a guy, he comes in, he's trying. What I'm saying is they shouldn't go get like Enos Cantor. No. Because he's going to want to play. And if they get him to just sit him, oh, God, forget it. It's not even worth having him around. I do. I like if they are going to get a – uh, a player who they like expect to play. Ideally, I think it would be someone who is serves as some sort of Bane's insurance. Because clearly, I, I mean, we talk about Tice having a great game tonight, but 
there was points where he just got beat up on the inside, mm-hmm. and he's not the like the size. I like the idea of Robin Lopez. Admittedly, very selfish. I just want to talk Simpsons with him. Sure, but it's like someone like who is that big, who is competent, who can like uh, say Baines is hurt. He has an injured foot. It's definitely it's not broken, but it's bruised. But feet are not are could be injuries that linger. Maybe that's somewhere where you look. Maybe like. The only other name that comes to mind, because Robin Lopez has been rumored to be going to the Warriors for about three months now, is Gortat. But I don't want that old carcass on the Celtics. Um, So really, I don't know what like who's really out there. But if you're looking for a position, I think it would just be like a large boy. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Uh, So we'll have to see what the Celtics do moving forward with the with the buyout stuff. But. Let's look at the rest of the Eastern the Conference. Eastern Conference. Does the Marcus Gasol scare you as a member of the Toronto Raptors? Scare me? No. The thing that's confusing to me is that they traded him for basically Jonas Valanciunas, but Jonas Valanciunas isn't a starter. Like I think the Raptors' best lineup is Siakam at the four, Ibaka at the five. Who are you taking out to put Gasol in in crunch time? Are you taking... Siakam out of the game? Are you taking Danny Green out of the game? Are you taking Ibaka out of the game? Because I feel like Ibaka's been great for them. I asked this on Twitter, and everyone, the consensus on Twitter was like, oh, you don't play Ibaka. But I don't know. I just, Marcus All has, he's no longer like the defensive player of the year candidate. Right. He's not looked as good this year. I don't know. I don't know if this really turns the needle for them. And they lose, like, DeLon, I thought DeLon Wright was like a decent player. It's just a, a little bit less depth. It felt like. The Sixers and the Raptors just have a little bit less depth now than they did. Well, this actually, the Sixers did a good job of kind of making some other ancillary trades to add to it, getting rid of Markel Fultz, getting Jonathan Simons, trading for James Ennis. But nothing that I think is like now there's a they're demonstrably better. Right. So I would say as far as Gasol goes, there's a few things going on here. I think they made a move. They consolidate the bench a little bit. The bench last season was great. This season is okay, but um, I think making sure that they've got uh, shorten shorten the bench a little bit to to kind of make sure that the minutes are going to the right people. I think there's value in that. They send a message to Kawhi Leonard: "Look, we are in this. We are going to do what we need to do to build a winner here. So we want you to stick around." And then when it comes to Gasol, I mean, he is an upgrade over Valanciunas. Uh, he, you can run pick and roll, pick and pop with him much more effectively. And I think that will unlock a little bit more of what Kyle Lowry can do. Uh, Kyle Lowry is an all-star this year. His advanced numbers are great. But I think sometimes he's, he, he's been a little too passive. And uh, I think playing him off of Gasol is just going to help Kyle Lowry a little bit. Uh, another thing, I, I, I wish I could remember who had this stat, but uh, the the Raptors are like have been last or near near the bottom in like elbow assists, uh, assists from the high post there, and that's a Mark Gasol specialty. And, and that he goes, leads the league in like touches at the high post. Yeah, so and that that kind of goes along with the pick and rolls with with Kyle Lowry. You know, you run that pick and roll or pick and pop, and he pops to that area. Or even if you just set him up in that area, 
there's a lot that he can do in that, and you can you can run your offense through Gasol in that in that post, the high post, and it's gonna be it's gonna be very effective. So it's just another option. So it scare is not necessarily the right term, but it's gonna make beating them a whole lot more difficult. There is ways to attack it, and Al Horford's gonna be very important in 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 the series with them, especially more important now. There are ways to scheme scheme that, but it's just gonna make it a lot more difficult. Now, the one team we have not talked about yet is the Milwaukee Bucks, who basically turned Thon Maker into Nikola Mirotic. That was just a solid move. Yeah. Nikola Mirotic is a damn good shooter. He knocks down threes. You put him around Giannis. It just it it absolutely makes the the Bucks better. I yep. still think the the Celtics have a chance against them, uh, just because they have a very good defense and kind of I feel like have a good blueprint about kind of how to play Giannis, especially with Horford and the different guys. But they just have a much better surrounding cast with Brooke Lopez and Miritich surrounding Giannis. So I think the Bucks are, are clearly the best team in the East right now and are, are probably the favorite uh, moving forward. And kudos to them because that, that was just a very, very solid general managing. Yep. very. It was a very shrewd move. Excellent asset management because it they got rid of Thonmaker, who was unhappy. So you get rid of a, a, a guy who's uh, a malcontent. You who was not even in the rotation, really. Uh, you give up what a couple of you give up another player, I forget who it was, and then a couple of second round picks. So you don't give up a first. You get the Detroit Pistons involved. They send a couple of second rounders. They get rid of Stanley Johnson. The Pelicans get four second round picks, which they can use. Those can be useful. Get a couple of young guys they can take a look at. They're kind of happy. They, they accomplish what they want to accomplish, but the Bucks turn essentially a non-rotation guy and a couple of second-rounders into Nikola Mirotic. And even if, like my first reaction was, well, the Celtics have targeted him on, on switches and, and they've attacked him when they played the Pelicans, but if for some reason they, they do match up and, and they do attack that matchup and Mirotic is just a net negative on the floor, you just pull him. And now you send out the lineup that was that's been the number one seed in the East. It's it's as low risk a move as you can. It's like a low risk, high reward move for them, and it's it's really just an excellent move by the Bucks. Yeah, I don't think Miritich will ultimately be the huge difference maker because he is such a a kind of a, a minus on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, but you know, kudos kudos to the Bucks for going out and doing it while they're while they're the number one team in the East. If you can find a way to help him out defensively and he can go out there and spread the floor, knock down two or three threes, we've seen him get hot. He can knock down five or six he threes. Can he can down, pull he a can Kyle Kuzma. Real fast, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he becomes a threat out there. It's another threat. And you give Giannis that little bit more space. I mean, the, you sag off Giannis and try to turn him into a jump shooter, but you, you still... You give still him Giannis. a little bit more space. He's still, he can still get to the rim basically anytime he wants. He just takes two steps and he's by. He's like through doubles. He's wild. So um, that's just going to make life a little bit tough. And then there's Philly, who um, Yo, got fuck Tobias Joe Harris. <laughs> <laughs> People walking by. What's up, Joe Sway? Uh, 
people walking by on their way out, just making faces at us. No, he gave me the finger, so okay, I, had, ooh, I had to say some salty things. He made an obscene things. gesture? Yeah. How I don't mean that. I'm a big Joe Sway fan. But yeah, the 76ers, they added Tobias Harris. We talked about that, but then they added James Ennis. They just added like some semblance of a bench by not really giving up anything except for Markel Fultz. And thank God for Markel. He needed a change of scenery. Now I want to see him do well. Yeah, perfect place to do well. Like a bunch of lanky dudes you can throw lobs to. Well, we feel like just sell out on defense because you have Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac back there. It'd be, I mean, look, I, I think, I hope anyway that he can get back to some of the form that made him the number one overall pick because you just watch him playing in Washington and that was, it was so good. He was so good. Um, and and if nothing else, it'd be fun to see him go somewhere else, just so people can be like, so what's wrong with that Philly medical staff anyway? You know, just to have people have those questions in their heads. You know, what's going on with that? So Philly's going to be another one, and this this is a move that makes their starting five very very difficult. Um, people are calling it the second best starting five in in the NBA at this point, which it's hard to argue. But obviously they still – all of these moves make teams better, but every every team still has its deficiencies. And there's still a question of can you sag off of Simmons and yes. turn him into a shooter and – No, you know, he won't shoot. <laughs> you target J.J. Redick defensively and, and see if you can force switches and just attack that. And the Celtics with Al Horford pulling – uh, and beat away from the hoop. I mean, there is a formula there still for the Celtics. Tobias Harris makes it harder, but their bench does get thinner. They they have added some decent pieces to their their bench, but they're not great pieces. And it's still it's it's not as bad as it was initially. But and and good for them for doing it. But there's still there are still questions. And the best case scenario is that they do very well, and all those guys want to come back and. Then they have a very, very expensive team, a very expensive team that better win the NBA Finals because you've got a super expensive team. Especially if Ben Simmons gets an All-NBA or qualifies for yeah. the Supermax. Yep. They're like immediately, I think it's like 100 and... They're over the math. tax. Like it was like 130 million between four players. Yeah, they're over. They're not just over the cap. They're over the tax with those four guys. If they do what they say they're going to do and sign all of them, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they if they do do what they say they're going to do, then that's going to be a super expensive team because then everybody they sign after those four guys, like you got to sign JJ Redick at that point to a deal, and he has them over a barrel. You pay him $15 million a year. Well, that's not $15 million. It becomes whatever level of taxation that ends up being like a $30 million contract. And then you start signing, signing guys for you know, minimum deals. It, it just adds up. It adds up. And if they don't, the, the, other, the worst case scenario is Tobias Harris says, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I want to be a star of my, like, my own team. You know, Jimmy Butler says, Jimmy I don't Butler like these says, guys. They're too sensitive. Yeah, I'm going to go to Brooklyn. And when, you know, Tobias Harris goes to wherever, and now, now you've got nothing because now all of your assets, all your tradable stuff, you've already traded, and you still have Embiid and Simmons, which makes you maybe a 4-5 seed with whomever you can throw around them, but that's not what this whole process has been about. So everybody's gotten better. 
but everybody's got flaws. There's no perfect team except for the Golden State Warriors. That was poetic. Thank you. And that's how we're going to end the show. Oh, wait, no. We've got a junk drawer. We got a junk drawer. I'm not, I'm going to say skip the skip the tweets. Skip the tweets cuz it's late. Get straight and to I still the got junk. a lot of stuff to do, man. Yeah, I'm going to get up to like 4 in the morning. All right. Um, there's a mystery man who's been around uh, Kyrie Irving. I've seen him a lot this season. I think um, he's just uh, today. He was wearing a leather jacket, a leather hat with a Kyrie logo on it, some camo pants, and it looked like some nice Italian boots. Um, and I finally figured out who it was. His it's Kyrie's personal trainer. His name is Robin Pound, and he's a badass. Um, and I just thought the people needed to know that. Um, I watched the All Star Draft, and it was mildly entertaining. <laughs> Um, the best part is, uh, in my opinion, the best part, people are going to say, oh, uh, LeBron picked Anthony Davis and Giannis made a tampering joke. It was pretty funny, but I enjoyed Ernie, uh, Ernie Johnson going back and forth was like, it's your turn, LeBron. It's your turn, Giannis. But at some point he just said, go ahead, freak. Uh, just referring to, uh, Giannis Akintokounmpo. I just like calling him freak casually. It's, uh, it's just good fun. And then another part of the draft is that Giannis picked Ben Simmons, who's a clutch sports guy, just to trade him back for Russell Westbrook to fulfill his promise of putting Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid on the same all-star team. (laughs) Why didn't he just pick Westbrook? Because LeBron picked him earlier? No, I don't even know why it happened. Uh, He just made a trade. I think I'm giving Giannis too much credit for being uh, conniving right now, but he (laughs) did pick Ben Simmons. Um, But I thought that was uh, a... I just like the idea of Embiid and Westbrook having to hang out in the same locker room because they really don't like each other. (laughs) They really don't. They really, really don't. That's fantastic. Little Funk was here, which is always fun, but then they started flossing, and people know that I'm not a fan of the flossing dancing. So it was I a real. I missed that. I'm glad I missed that. Uh, I saw it a little bit, but then the, the fine folks out there tweeted it at me. Um, Ingram was at the line. We got a, some horrible chanting. Uh, some half the crowd was screaming overrated. Half the crowd was screaming LeBron's going to trade you. Yeah. I feel like the other half was screaming uh, LeBron should have traded you. It was really it was a it was a hot mess. Um, I appreciate trying to be mean, but the execution was uh, not great. <laughs> we can all appreciate trying to be mean. Jet Blue Flight Crew was back. Yes, after this, is my, this brief, is my most anticipated part after of the a podcast. brief hiatus. It feels like they added four or five new members to the crew. They toned down the level of difficulty tonight, but they were solid. Solid. No, only one missed dunk. Um, they they did a, a lot of just solid tricks, a lot of just basically the same trick over and over again, just ran 12 dudes through it. Um, but because <laughs> of the degree of difficulty, like the max they could have done would have been like a like an eight. And I think they did it. They came in at like a, a six point six point eight. Some, as Brad Stevens says, you just got to hit singles. And that's what they did. They 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 realized they didn't have their star player. They realized they couldn't do the same thing and they went back. Added some more people and just said, you know what, we're gonna we're just gonna make dunks. People want dunks. People, you got to graduate to the higher level. So kudos to the JetBlue uh, flight crew. Ooh, kudos to the flight crew. Um, Mookie Betts was here tonight, along with a number of div- uh, Patriots who no one recognized because they all wear helmets. And other than like Kyle Van Noy and the McCourty twins, you have no so idea who they funny. are. Like they, they so they they ran that video like yeah, Patriots are here. And there's like they, the McCourty twins are up there and like yeah, and they start showing like some I don't know I I, I don't no follow idea. it close enough. I have no enough. idea. Like, who I, have they no were. To, I only knew Rex Burkhead because he was a white guy. Yeah, I was like yeah, yeah. I guess you're a football player. And then they showed Belichick. And it was like yeah. It was really funny. There were like a couple of guys. I'm like, show somebody that we know 
quickly because or, or he's just dying. throw a lower third on there and say their name. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna say I'm not. I, I hated the way that was was executed. Like I'm glad all these Patriots were here, but when the Red Sox were here, they had they had a trophy they presentation. The trophy out. Everybody touched the trophy. Like that was cool. Like why not come out? You have six Super Bowl. Come out with six trophies and march out to center center court and like oh look at the Patriots. Like that would have been so cool. And think about the the Celtics on the bench looking at all of those Super Bowl trophies and how out. crazy the fans are going and like what it means to win nuts. championships. Beat I don't LA know who's to blame there. for that, but somebody dropped the ball. At least one Super Bowl trophy. At least this one. Uh, what, what, what happened there? I don't know. It was confusing. Um, Mookie Betts was here. He looked like Darkwing Duck wearing a silly top hat. I didn't see. I didn't see that. He, it was real brief. Again, they didn't really draw attention to it. They just kind of showed him for a, a brief moment. Some people cheered. Some people didn't. Um, and then there's this one play. I'm going to have to admit it. Uh, tonight, I cheered in the press box. Uh, there was a play where they trapped LeBron James. There was a loose ball. Tice was going on the floor. It almost goes out of bounds. Tatum saved it. And then it was a Jalen Brown behind the back twice. Uh, once just to dribble, once to find Terry Rozier in the quarter. But I found myself arms going up, extending, going, yeah, when Tatum <laughs> saved it. And then I was like, oh, oh, crap. You, you're supposed to be a respectable journalist up here. Um, so hand up. I cheered in the press box. I know it's not what you're supposed to do, but... I did it. That's hilarious. Um, that's pretty much it. That's it. All right. Well, then that's it. That's the end of the podcast then. We'll just wrap it up there and say thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for subscribing. Shout out to all the new listeners. Hope you are enjoying the show. Welcome aboard. We're here for you Monday through Friday. So that deserves a five-star rating, deserves a good review, and deserves you sharing the podcast and telling everybody, listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.